to Don't Be All Like Uncool, a way too deep dive into the shallowest people on the planet. I'm Elizabeth, and my tagline this week is winter should be fun, and winter house is fun. In light of the loot Craig stuff, I thought, oh god, this is gonna go two ways. Nope, it was great, and we'll talk about it when we get to winter house, but ah, so proud of our little show. I am also joined by my lovely friend and co-host, Mr. Alex Morand. Call me Chipotle guacamole. Because I'm extra. Oh. <laughs> and that is about a certain um, person on Salt Lake City. Do you want to do our favorite game? Guess who I'm talking about? She's not a main cast member. Angie. Oh, yep. Angie. Wait, which Angie? <laughs> Let me go to my notes. Oh, um, H. Angie H. Oh, yeah, I love how we're in like... People. We're in like the bachelor territory. Here the race to replace Jin Shaw. Yes. Oh yeah, we'll get into it. But yeah, there are like three candidates right now. Oh my mm-hmm. god, I know. Plus all of Heather's cousins. We are also joined by my lovely sister, Miss Julia Baker. I have a hot bod, a hot career, and I'm hot mic'd. <gasps> oh, is that for? Um, don't tell me, Wendy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ding ding oh, my ding. God. Oh, such a good episode of Potomac. Um, do we want to start with Potomac? Sure. Yes. Okay, Potomac had not one, not two, but three different fourth wall breaks this episode. So beautiful. We have Candace looking right into the camera and saying, and you leave my fourth wall breaks in. Calling attention. What is that? Mm -hmm. Like an eighth wall at this point? Calling attention to the fourth wall break? Mm -hmm. We then had Wendy on her hot mic. And then we had Karen talking about filming at the end of the episode. Like you'd said that in front of camera. And I love, I love a fourth wall break. I love paying attention to that. The fact that this is a show in this way, not the Beverly Hills way. I agree. And I do like, like what you were saying that Candace's was like a forced fourth wall break it was a very kool-aid man of her mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think that um the producer seemed like really like upset kind of that she was like torpedoing this storyline it felt like he like really wanted the storyline to happen he said the best thing ever and that was i don't control what they say or do any more than i control what you say and do and you could oh, tell she was quite taken back it. by that <laughs> mm-hmm he knows how to communicate to these women. And when she stormed out, she says, I have things to do and shit to lose. So she knows ever since Monique charcuterie board gate, she's definitely on thin ice. And she has, she's really, I mean, I know Dr. Wendy thinks she's really making careers out of this, but I'd say Candace is really the one who's like making her Potomac fame work for her the most. Wendy's losing her careers from this. <laughs> Wendy's losing it. Uh, I have Julia's aforementioned fourth wall break producer. So how are you with Mia? This is right after the scene where Wendy is being indignant, being looped in with the people who called her liars. And then Wendy replies, I am probably the only one that's trying to give her a chance. And then follows up by saying, but she's lying. So who cares? And I am looking forward to this part of the reunion so much. I know, we have to wait so long. Let's just jump to it. Because you know Mia's going to be so obnoxious about it. (laughs) But for all the Dr. Wendy apologists out there, I don't know, I'm assuming it's a small club. (laughs) Like, she 
is showing her cards so much that she's just playing this game and she's playing it the worst and then she tells us how bad she's playing it like it's uh i but then if she wasn't here we wouldn't have this hilarious moment so i don't know do we need her does she know that we're laughing at her not with her i would rather no julia to answer your question okay before i get ahead of myself i would rather trade in mia and Wendy for one Karen part two. You need another La Dame? A La Dame de? I need We already I got the somebody... most exciting cast member, Charisse. Oh, God. <laughs> Julia, you're right. She's so boring. But like, Very, her at... controversial take this episode where she was like, we all just need to get past this. That's like the one thing she said. I did appreciate when she was like, Wendy, if you have a restaurant, you live there. Like, I, I did, did like, that. she was the only one who was really trying to call out Wendy on the fact that, like, this isn't real. This restauranturing-ness is not real. And I appreciated her for that. I also think it's hilarious that Karen refuses to be in the same room as her. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving that. I'm so, missing Karen loving that. That's what I think Potomac is. That's why it works so well, is we have, like, a series of character foils. So we have Giselle and Karen being character foils. And then we have Candace and Ashley. And then Robin's just kind of there. Making her husband to be's life horrible every step of the way. (laughs) Okay. Um, Did you guys think... Juan handled that great. He did not push back at all. She was like, why aren't you pushing back, basically? He's like, yeah, let's get a prenup. Whatever, that's fine. Well, he had his big, like, angrily taking the mic off of himself moment last season. I Mm -hmm. think maybe he did what Wendy should be doing and, like, did his homework on how to behave in situations like that. Mm -hmm. Because I think that, that happened last season because she was trying to bring up, like, personal stuff like that, and he didn't want to get into it on a camera, so... He did seem a little upset. I feel like they don't talk about real stuff day to day. I truly think mm-hmm. Robin waits for the camera to be there. And that would be frustrating. Oh, 100%, Julia. Imagine your relationship and like you're not even aware that these are discussions to be had. And then when they are brought up, it is on camera. I would be really frustrated too. <laughs> yeah. And she's setting it up like she thinks that he's going to come out swinging. Like, she's not even Mm -hmm. giving him the benefit of the doubt. Speaking of Robin, I was sensing this, and I wrote this note before it was even brought up towards the end. There are cracks in the Green Knight Bandit friendship. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think It hurts me. It hurts my heart. I'm going to pull in Alex and say that people have read online, people being Robin. Robin has read online that people are saying that she's just Giselle's lackey and just does whatever Giselle says and doesn't have a thought of her own. And so she's trying to go against basically the people versus Reddit. I feel like is mm-hmm. what's going on here. And she has the perfect thing to turn against her on right now. Because what Giselle's yes. doing, there's like, if she was siding with her on that, like that truly would be giving um, yeah. credence to the those Redditors. I also think like Giselle and Robin have a podcast together. They do Potomac together. They do a lot of Potomac related events together and they're best friends. It might just be they're spending too much time together. Craig and this Austin. This could just be like a yeah. little bit of friendship fatigue. Yeah. A little, Good point. They just need a little break. So I don't think it's that deep. And I hope it's not because I enjoy them together. But Mia's Chris is making me uncomfortable also. 
jumping on the Antichrist (laughs) bandwagon. Like, I don't know why I love it when Mia does it, but I hate it when Dr. Wendy, like, self-produces this much. I don't know, I guess. No, why, Julia? Is because Hmm. Mia does Julia's version of taking accountability, see she by Sheree. And Mia (laughs) immediately goes online and goes, I don't even know why I said that. It wasn't true. (laughs) So Sheree's, oh, I don't know. I don't have enough pieces. Like she like walks it back immediately. And I think that's why it's fun to watch her is because she's so delusional and doubles down until she can't anymore and goes, oh, well, never mind then. (laughs) Where Wendy won't back off. Like Wendy will never back off. Yeah, Wendy thinks she's the smartest in the room. Never a good time. That's dangerous. Especially on Bravo. Well, are we ready to talk about Winterhouse? After we, we yes. must point out, Candace did her signature napkin dab for the first time this season. She did. <gasps> oh my gosh, she and did. And also, while we're on the Candace train, um, Chris Bassett gets all the respect. He handled this whole thing so well. Imagine okay. if she had revealed all this to him like on camera, though. <laughs> like He definitely had time to simmer. <laughs> oh yeah, they had a plan of attack. And he really thought back and like really self-reflected and he talked to, you know, Bravo about the way he approaches other women. Like, I really like Chris. It made me respect him more than I did before. I loved it when Candace said, we have a Michael Darby for this. We don't need Chris. (laughs) So good. All right. Not today, ankles. Speaking of making women feel uncomfortable, Winterhouse. So I am so happy that Jess sat Luke down and just straight up said, you don't get to talk. I'm telling you, you made me feel weird. I don't think you meant to, but just kind of be more aware. And I like that at first when she's like, you don't get to say anything back. I was like, okay. But then I kind of liked it because she didn't need him making an excuse. Like he just needs to listen and then we'll move forward. And then she went and played hockey with him. So I feel like that was beautiful. She did him a huge favor because he was about to say some shit like, actually, like, you seem like you really want. He was about to go into like that territory. Which would have hurt himself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Jess does this and I'm just so impressed. And then she keeps calling Corey Craig. Which I love. I love her for that. She's doing it on purpose. Do you really think so? No, but I, I wish she did. So, <laughs> I'm going to give this she... person the benefit of the doubt here and here alone, because that's insane if she's not doing that on purpose. I mean, they've been together for four days, and if I read them right, they have a little flirtation. You can't remember his name. That's why she's doing okay. it. Okay. She's keeping the distance. Playing hard to get. She's just not at as good at it as, um, what's her name? Rachel, the florist. Yes. Yes. Who is truly like driving him insane. (laughs) (laughs) I am so invested in this relationship. I was so disappointed in Rachel. I just want to make her it easy because like Jason is the best guy. They give off the same wait, is this person just being nice to me vibe? Mm hmm. But Jason's a catch. Like he's the only one who loads up the car. He's the one who drives. Like any scene, Jason's doing the work, and all the other guys are just standing around Jason. No, he's the only adult in the house for sure. And she's a morning person too. They're perfect. Though their mornings are now like ten thirty and not six thirty. I'm glad that they're acclimating to their surroundings. (laughs) I was really worried about them. All right, I come to you with a timeline because I know you would want to know. 
because Mr. Austin Kroll joined the cast today. Don't worry, you're thinking there's not enough people, two more are joining us next episode. <laughs> but Austin joined today, and he says that he is in a relationship with Olivia. So, we all remember... A kind of relationship. Yes. So, Craig's, They're not putting a label on it. We had September of 2021, Kyle and Amanda's wedding. Uh, Austin is seeming very single at the time. Then we have Southern Charm, which wraps at a Christmas party. So, December-ish. And Austin is seeming in a relationship with Olivia. Now, here we are in January, February on Winter House. Austin is saying he's in a relationship Southern Charm Reunion was filmed September 13th, 2022, and Austin and Olivia are officially not together as of a week before they filmed. So they actually, like, hung out for quite a long time. They didn't date for a really long time. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They dated, didn't date for a very long time. And in their BravoCon appearance that they just had, they kind of implied that it was still like a hookup every now and then thing. So. Oh my god. That's Austin's favorite style. His timing, his arrival timing to the Winter House, though, could not have been better. Yes. As the women sat on the couch discussing men not being able to read the room and doing all the wrong things <laughs> in walks Austin. Will Sierra ever be over Austin? No. I hate it. And know what? What gave me hope, though, is she says, I'm attracted to Corey because she has eyeballs. But there's something about him that's making me stop. I'm like, thank God this woman is finally growing a fuckboy meter. She's Mm -hmm. finally getting there. I was Mm -hmm. so worried about her. This was another another thrilling chapter of the pages becoming Amanda story that we're (laughs) watching this season. But Craig and Paige are still together. I know. Which is truly baffling while watching this footage. She, I would say they're going to break up next episode based on what we saw. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I think, well, I think she knows that, like, I think her dream is to be in this, like, Bravo power couple. Mm-hmm. Just for, like, their careers. But I, I think that I honestly think that she might be just like overplaying the he's so exhausting thing to add some like flavor to the relationship and make it more interesting. Because if they were just like in love, like we wouldn't leave that big of an impression. I don't know if they were just like happy this whole season. This is like their first season out as a couple, as a Bravo couple. Yes. And Kyle and Amanda, like they're one of the most successful Bravo couples and they have the most drama, so. Oh, oh my gosh. Alex, they are just becoming Kyle and Amanda Mm -hmm. for publicity. Mm. I think that might be happening. Oh, Again, giving Craig a lot of credit. I don't think Craig's aware of what's going on. (laughs) I think it's all No, I think Paige is orchestrating this whole thing. All right, are you guys ready to finally wrap up this season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? This is the only season of Beverly Hills that I could stomach. I'm going to put that out there. And it arguably had, like, the worst shit in it. Yeah, so I don't know what that (laughs) says about me. Um, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I hate Rena. I cannot stand her. She drives me nuts. She Mm -hmm. makes watching the show borderline not fun. However, Kathy Hilton did not help herself. I think Kathy coming to the reunion hurt Kathy. 
oh, the deleting text thing was bad. And I don't think that Kathy even bad. knew that she did that, to be honest. <laughs> she doesn't know how to text her husband <laughs> or send a DM on Instagram. But just the way that she was approaching things, she should have let Lisa Rinna talk more because I feel like Kathy kind of lost me. Yeah, she should have taken taken the Sutton approach. Yes. Just stop talking. Sutton did Sutton never so looked better. well this reunion. I know. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, when it's just Garcelle and Sutton, and then Crystal walks over to them, and Nick, you could tell that they're like, this is it, isn't it? The yeah, future they barely Kathy, had to say a word. Yep. Where Kathy lost me is when she was arguing with the manager of the Caribou Club. <laughs> yes, yes. And said... They take music, they take song requests in London and Paris. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with Kathy. She was being, I hate using this word. She was being a Karen. She was being a bitch. And that club owner was being a bitch right back. And she's not used to being told no. When you said, mm-hmm. I hate using this word, I did not think you were going to say Karen. I just hate Karen. <laughs> people use it for Out of everything. all the bad words we call these women, Karen is just something we do not say. Except, of course, if it is Karen, LaDawn from Potomac. Um, guess who we did not see this episode? Her name rhymes with Diana. We're never going to see that one oh, again. We'll never see her nope, again. I didn't even notice. I know. Isn't that crazy? I think that Kathy... We'll probably never see her again, to be honest. She did go to BravoCon, though. She did. Mm-hmm. And do you know who I need? Line. I need Kathy and Ken. You need both? Just bring, like, I just need the Richard Sisters show. Like, because that's what it is. That's what's really keeping us into Beverly Hills are these three sisters. And I just need all three of them next season. Okay, will we get Dorit back? Will we get Lisa Renna back? Dorit's yeah. trying to be a Richard sister, and it's <laughs> tough to watch. It was really funny when Dorit was not allowed to interject at all, but Rinna kept interjecting. Cal <laughs> got so <laughs> mad at Dorit. Also, I love that Dorit was interjecting, trying to like do a wrap-up. Dorit, famously the most long-winded housewife of all time. <laughs> yeah, I think in her mind she was just trying to... like. I think they all could tell that wasn't going well, that entire Kathy segment. So that was her sort of like mm-hmm. trying to do like a mercy kill of the entire thing. But she had that vibe where she was being too familiar with two women who have a lifetime of history. Yeah. yeah, they are. It was hard are. to watch her. I did mm-hmm. not like it. Um, yeah. My favorite part of all three parts of this reunion, though, was Lisa Renna interjecting for the billionth time and Andy shutting her down by repeating the word, you're, 17 times. He couldn't get, like, you're done, but he never got the done part, so he just goes, you're, 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 and, like, is pushing her away with his hand. <laughs> and she stopped. Erica really made me laugh a lot this reunion. She <laughs> I, killed me. She did too. But, you say your favorite thing at all. My favorite mine. line of hers was, we're on appeal for legal reasons. That's like just an all-time <laughs> iconic line now. <laughs> As opposed to what other kind of reasons. All right, Julia, you do your next favorite. And I can't, I'm going to be shocked if you guys don't take mine. Julia, what was your favorite? Erica okay, line? though this is very dark. When Erica was describing how you know who your real friends are, she used the example of when the plane goes down, Mm -hmm. which I thought was just a horrible thing to say. And then Andy ends up telling Erica when she says that she tried to show empathy on the show, 
Andy says, it's not landing. <laughs> Nobody called attention. Thank you, Julia. I put it on our Instagram. Um, the quote is, okay, so Dorit, the plane's going down, and they tell you to put on your oxygen mask first before you can help anybody else. I'm helping myself so that in the future I can help others. <laughs> Does not make sense. And maybe don't use the blade crash. But know what, Julia? She had to use that metaphor because there are no metaphors about widows and orphans in fires. So she kind of had True. to do the blade crash. Well, overall great season, but not as great as Salt Lake City. <laughs> so Salt Lake City, we need to establish something right off the bat. I... Brooks and is gay. P- Alex, we have not had a conversation <laughs> about his sexuality. <laughs> what was that weird lunch we were at then? Oh my gosh. Uh, Pat walked through when I was watching it, sees Brooks sitting across from his parents and goes, that kid hates those people. <laughs> he definitely doesn't like his dad. Yes, very I, much I so. wouldn't either if I was him. We need to establish something about Salt Lake City, and this is probably going to come up the rest of the season, and I need you guys to affirm if you think I'm right or not. Angie absolutely said those things about Lisa and the Mm -hmm. tickets and the second D. Mm -hmm. Heather absolutely heard it, and Mm -hmm. they just decided, yeah, but this is just between us. We're not going to say it on TV. And then Whitney decided as a part of her healing journey, she needed to uncover the truth. You they all heard it, right? I, 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 I think I've gone back and forth on this. I am, I am leaning towards that. Or is it like, and you know how I love giving people more credit than they're due. Is <laughs> you know, it, Alex thinks these people are like masterminds. <laughs> is this like a way for Whitney to um, be like Team Lisa? Is this just like a step for her? Is this just like something she's come up with to get on Lisa's good side? I don't okay, know. let's let's start from the top. Did Angie? make a crack about the rumors were the rumors said oh by yes Angie? yes for julia yes. alex yeah i don't think that angie necessarily said this courtside i think that she told whitney and i think whitney's confused about when she heard it because let's oh. not forget heather and angie were sitting front row and whitney was three rows back thank you heather for reminding us <laughs> <laughs> did heather hear the rumors. No, I really don't think so. I don't know. What made me turn <laughs> was when Heather went over to Angie's house and told her, and Angie's like, that's crazy. I didn't say that. And Heather was like, I know. Nobody said it. And they both are making this like insane eye contact. That scene specifically Ugh. is um, why Angie got that tagline from me. Just her performance was wild. In, in the way that, like, she, well, yeah, obviously she did say something and this is how she's acting. Yeah. And we know she's a liar because she said, just two middle-class girls. Yeah, what the fuck? And because of, like, all the lies she said about Lisa last season. Again, mm-hmm. I'm going to quote off her own Instagram because I had to summarize this because it was so crazy. Number one, Whitney says insane jazz tickets rumor. Number two, Whitney is mad at Heather because she feels that Heather is not supportive in light of Whitney's abuse. Number three, Heather is mad at Whitney because Whitney calls her a liar. Number four, Lisa is annoyed at Heather for inviting Angie, but not at Whitney for spreading the rumor. (laughs) 
I don't remember what number we're on. Next number. Angie is straight up denying the rumor. And then last but not least, Whitney now understands that Heather did not hear the, ru- the rumor, cannot corroborate her story, but still wants her to back her up anyway. No, but we heard the reason why Whitney's really mad at Heather, and that's because Whitney's healing journey that took them to Arizona, she was just pretending that that was a trip for Jen. So when then Heather was like, no, we're done with you, Whitney. We need to support Jen. Heather, I mean, Whitney got her feelings hurt. And, and I think that's yeah. really what it is all as, about. As it has nothing out to this do episode, with the court side. She was it. like... Well, I'm always, like, the shoulder that Heather cries on. And, like, this was the one time for her to be there for me. And, like, yeah. But we know that's bullshit because we as Bravo viewers have had to see her break up with the Mormon church twice because she did it wrong the first time. So we (laughs) know that Whitney's the crier. And we know that Whitney makes it about herself. Mm -hmm. I know this was a very sad and, like, very intense thing. And that website is actually run by a lawyer. So that is a legitimate document. Like, it's very cool. Um... But Whitney signed her name and dotted her eye with a heart. (laughs) I want you to pretend you're the Mormon church receiving that letter. This notarized letter from a law office. And it says, Whitney Rose with a little heart above the eye. Um, I can't believe we're not on a healing journey for Lisa who told us this week she was duct taped to a post at the entrance of her middle school and no one would help her. Everything that about is Lisa's the exposed. most traumatizing thing I understand I've Lisa ever heard in my life. 100%. After her being like, my brother's always been so funny and loves playing little jokes on me. Like this one very traumatic event that he pulled on me. Absolutely tortured. By those she loves the most. That's sort of her life. Should we talk about our casting call? Okay, so we got Dana, who was oh, Heather's friend. We can't name friend. them all by name, Alex. <laughs> oh yeah, we can. We have we have Dre, the business partner. Mm-hmm. Then we have Whitney Rose replacements, Morgan, Allie, and Susan, the three cousins who can yes. all ski. And then we have Angie K and Angie H. Mm-hmm. And there was a random girl named Katie who is Lisa's friend, who I don't think's making the cut because I didn't even realize Katie was there to the fair. I didn't end. until you just said that. Beauty Lab and Laser Friend is my vote. I agree. I like her. I like her too. And I don't think Angie needs to be a housewife. She does all mm-hmm. of her work, which is pretty lame from the sidelines. Like, I don't think that she would offer more by being a full-time cast member. We're about to be seeing a lot more of her, though. Did you see the preview? I don't remember yeah. her being She's a lot. She's pretty central what? to the conflict. Well, because it's, I mean, a little teaser here. Her husband started a Jen Shaw hate oh, yeah. social media account. <laughs> yeah. Which is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. Her husband's great. He should be a main cast member. So I don't know if you guys are up on this, but Jen Shaw was uninvited from BravoCon and her contract is officially over. So she is no longer a uh, cast member. Such a loss. I mean, I if I what know. she d- admitted to is truly horrible, but yeah. I'm going to miss that Jen Shaw. It's like you're she watching one of those fashion. movies where someone like got like, they have some terminal illness and like they're, they're living out their last days with like as much like life and like beauty as they can muster. She's like so positive and like it's very weird to watch i was picturing this season being like her having like a full meltdown every episode and instead it's like she's just come to peace with like 
Yeah, she's great. It's actually the most lighthearted <laughs> she's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, she will also not be at the reunion, but Andy has said that he will do a one-on-one sit-down interview with her if she's open to it. Oh, wow. So that's your contract update. She'll be open to it. (laughs) I have a sneaking suspicion. Her sentence, it's almost November. I know. Her sentencing date is like December something right now. now, Right? Oh, is it December now? I think it's December. Oh my gosh. I'm so nervous. If she only gets six months, do you think we can have her back? Yes. I, I think so. Okay, good. So the question is... I think she might be going away for a while, though. So I'm yeah. trying to... I'm so sad for her. I'm so sad for her sons. I know she did horrible things, but she just played... I know! Such, I she know. she herself admitted to doing horrible things. Erica has been found at least once innocent of what we accuse her of, yet... We don't care. We just... <laughs> we, like... I still want Erica to go down in a ball of flames, and I want Jen to be free. Which just shows, like, you gotta be fun. You can kind of razzle-dazzle your way out of anything. Mm -hmm. All right, are we ready for awards? My award is the Chekhov's Gun Award, and to quote Wikipedia, it's a dramatic principle that states that every element in a story must be necessary and irrelevant elements should be removed, and I award this to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, because in the first scene of the first reunion, we watch Rinna bring a manila envelope on stage and hide it behind her cushion, and we never see it again. Which is weird, oh. because if that was cut for time, they could have taken that out before we saw the first one. So they left it in. Huh. Did they forget about it? Did she never take it out? She never took it out, is my theory. And Me that's too. because the receipts that Kathy was presenting were even was <laughs> a phone where she had clearly deleted texts and saying that her glasses were in her dressing room. So, like, Renan just didn't feel the need to bring out anything to support, you know, to go against that. It I was agree. unnecessary. Before, Rinna before. actually did the thing where she kind of stopped talking. She did, which made me like her, mm-hmm. Alex. Well, mm-hmm. before we don't talk about Beverly Hills for a while, a reading Hopefully. of the room here, did Kathy say the bad word? It was the F slur, right? That's what she's being accused of? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. We're she's all a woman there. of a certain age who is kind of surrounded by people who wouldn't correct her. She thinks very highly of herself. All right, Alex, what's your uh, award? This is a very important award. The Humanitarian Award. Oh, goodness. Goes to Erica, who, when asked why she still talks to Tom Girardi, applies humanity. <laughs> humanity. <laughs> <laughs> and she does it with like, that little like really self-important like shrug that she does. It's humanity. just humanity, Andy. As it's her humanity, boob darling. is falling out. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. We are so wrong. Erica is truly a wonderful person. We've been <laughs> wrong this whole time. <laughs> All right, Julia, your award? My award is the Lisa Renna Truth Teller Award. And I'm giving this to Steve, Heather's book agent. Because when Heather said, oh, I don't want my Mormon friends to know that I've had sex outside of marriage, Steve responds with, well, I think, I think they know. <laughs> I loved it. A huge shout out Steve. How a great he, moment he for me, Steve. Speak the truth. Yes. 
Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, Elizabeth. Anytime. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at Like Uncool Podcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all. Thank you.